0: Now, how are you now? How am I now? Um, I'm sick again somehow. I took another COVID test today, and uh, I'm negative, so I don't have COVID. But I got something. Uh, and the Montreal Canadiens got something. That's a loss, a six to three loss at the hands of the Arizona Coyotes in episode two of the Basement Bowl. So, welcome to uh, episode sixty of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs, Eyes, and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not at all pissed off about that one. Uh, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens were the better team in that game, by a long shot, uh, for sure. Now, I know, when you look at a 6-3 to three result, how could you possibly say that the losing team was the better team in that game? Well, uh, if you look at just the shot totals, right, just look at the shot totals and, and tell me that the, the Habs were the better team. We're talking 39-19 to 19 through three periods of play. Uh, just wild. And, I mean, the the chances for Arizona were really good in the first period. Um, it, it was a bad start for the Habs in general. Terrible start. Less than two minutes into the game, the refs were about to call Yoel Armia for goaltender interference because he ran right into uh, uh to, to Vemelka. V- v- Vemelka, I think that's how you say it? I don't know. I'm going to be saying Vaymelka, so somebody correct me if I'm wrong about that. Uh, but he ran into him, and they were going to call him for it. But the same ref who had his arm up to try and call that penalty, for whatever reason, he's skating in no man's land out in the middle of the ice, interferes with Jeff Petrie himself, and Barrett Hayton walks in and beats Samuel Montembeau to make it one nothing. I think Samuel Montembeau should have had that shot, to be honest. But also the ref interfered with Petrie. Petrie probably gets over there and there probably is no shot if the ref is in proper position. So we have yet another display of poor officiating this time, not because of the calls they're making, but because of the shitty positioning on the ice. Something they teach refs in minor hockey is where no man's land is or the no fly zone as they used to call it in my ref camps. And uh, this guy apparently wasn't paying attention. Anyways, it's 1-0 for the Coyotes at that point. And very not long after that, uh, Riley, Na- Riley Nash throws a nice like blind pass uh, to Anton Strollman in front of the net. He puts it in and makes it 2-0. And just like that, the Habs are in some trouble. But Larry Dolphins, my boy Larry Dolphins, gets one back. Just throws it on net from the point. Rattles around. Bounces off like four different players without touching the goaltender. And somehow uh, ends up going through Veimelka's five hole. Makes it 2-1. <laughs> However... Some more stupidity. Joel Edmondson is in the penalty box. And just as that penalty ends, Habs were actually doing a pretty decent job killing it off. But towards the tail end, uh, you know, they just, they, they looked tired. They were out of position. Made it a little bit easy. Alex Galchenyuk, former Canadian, throws it across Nick Ritchie, basically in the crease. Uh, he puts it in, makes it 3-1. And then... Just comedy of errors in the first period. Cole Caulfield, uh, he's going into the offensive zone. He circles back towards the boards and tries to hit Alexander Romanov at the blue line with a pass. Romanov fully extends his arms but can't get a hold of it. And Lawson Kraus gets a breakaway the other way. He beats Samuel Montembeau as well. Makes it 4-1. To, to nobody's surprise, Caden uh, Primo was out to start the second period. There was only 7 shots for the Coyotes. Shots were 11-7, to seven, I believe, for the Habs after the first period, and the Coyotes had four goals on those seven shots, so it goes without saying they switched goalies going into that period, and the Habs, the better team, I would argue, for the most part in period one, the better team by far in period two, Vemelka really keeping his team in the lead there, uh, but even less shots for them in the second period, they had four shots on goal through about 17 minutes of play, but of course, their fifth shot on goal of the period goes in. Mike Hoffman uh, gets called for the weakest cross check I've ever seen. Horrible call by the ref. Uh, Clayton Keller scores straight shot uh, for their on their fifth shot of the period. They make it five to one. Um, just really, you know, bad defensive zone coverage by the Habs. But at the same time, you got to look at the fact that they were by far the better team in the second period. And of course, they get a couple of them back. Nick Ritchie takes a roughing penalty. And Cole Caulfield, from uh, the top part of the circle, fires an absolute laser to the far side to make it 5-2. to two. And then eight seconds later, they hadn't even started, I don't think, to announce Caulfield's first goal. They take the faceoff, coming off that goal. Caulfield goes down the ice, fires another laser far side, this time from his proper wing, and makes it 5-3. to three. The Habs are in this thing. We go into the third period. The Habs are absolutely all over the Yotes. All over them. Just doing everything, they just can't buy a goal they just can't buy one they hit the crossbar at one point I mean, Vemelko was swimming all over the place, giving up rebounds Uh, they missed the net a few times like I said they had 39 shots on goal and uh, of those shots on goal I I think they had probably at least 15 in the third period I'd have to go and double check that Uh, but they, they had a lot of shots and uh, they just couldn't buy one. Pulled a goalie with a little bit more than four minutes to go. And of course, about 20 seconds after they pulled the goalie, Nick Schmaltz puts it in, makes it 6-3. to three. Uh, So a bad score. Definitely not the kind of score that you want to see. Um, you, you never like a 6-3 loss. But as 6-3 losses go, I mean, you, you have to consider the fact that they were the better team through 60 minutes. I'm, I'm even giving them the first period there. Like I said, there were some defensive lapses. Right, I don't want to lay that period at the feet of Samuel Montambeau, but the goaltending wasn't great he's had a rough go particularly in first periods in the month of March um, our former managing editor Andrew Berkshire tweeted it out that his save percentage is like 725 or something in first periods in the month of March he is a slow starter, I don't know what it is um, not very good, but Again, I don't want to lay at his at lay that I don't want to lay that period at his feet. You also have to look at the defensive zone coverage cuz some of those chances were, were a A+ chances, right? I think, and I've said this before, uh, Luke Richardson needs to go. Right? I do not want to see him back next year. I think they've been better since Martin Louis took over, but you still see some of those issues in the defensive zone coverage. And that's his department, man. And um you know, I've, this is something I've said before, I think he should go, uh, I think they should get somebody else in, uh, but I guess we'll see whether or not that happens at the end of the season. I don't expect any more coaching moves this season, so I'm not going to rant about that too much. So really, two problems in that game, right? Defensive zone coverage and goaltending. If they had better goaltending, if they had Samuel Montembeau at the top of his game, they win that game. They win that game 10 times out of 10 with the best version of Samuel Maldonado. They win that game probably 10 times out of 10 with Carey Price at 75%. I don't know what percentage he's at right now. I don't know if we're even going to see him this season at all. But if he was in net for that game, I would venture to guess that they win it. And maybe they win it if the the official doesn't get in Jeff Petrie's way. You know, if that, if that goal doesn't happen, right? If he just stays in proper positioning... And Jeff Petrie's allowed to D up that goal. I mean, do they win this game? Mm. I mean, that's only one goal out of six. But I, I wonder if it changes the momentum a little bit. I don't know. All this to say, um, not the type of 6-3 loss that I'm going to get too upset about. Because realistically, uh, they should probably sh- they were the better team and they probably should have won. So, silver lining. I think you guys can probably take a wild guess which direction I'm going to go in with this. Uh, it's Cole Caulfield. Come on. Two goals in eight seconds, and he looked fantastic for the rest of that game as well, right? There was that little miscue between him and Romanov that led to the loss and Kraus goal, um, but that one's probably a little bit more on Romanov than it is on him. Wasn't a great pass, but I think Romanov should have at least been able to settle it down. I don't know. I don't want to focus in too much on that. We're not concerned about wins and losses right now. We're concerned about what? Some entertaining hockey and seeing people take a step forward, and we are absolutely seeing Cole Caulfield take a step forward. two goals in eight seconds man you talk about a game breaker right we've been saying for years years that the Montreal Canadiens need a game breaker they need a guy that can have the puck on his stick for five seconds not even five seconds and make something happen Cole Caulfield doesn't need a whole lot of time with the puck he needs a little bit of space and he can burn you and he showed that Right, got one on the power play, and then immediately afterwards goes right back out, gets one eight seconds later. He is a game breaker. We were concerned. I think all of us. So when I say we, I don't, I don't speak for all Habs fans, but I, I think I speak for most Habs fans when I say, through the first forty-five games of this season, we were concerned that maybe he wasn't going to be that game breaker that we've been looking for for years and years. What's the closest thing we've had to that? Max Pacioretty, probably somebody that can just turn the game on its head just like that I don't even know if Max Pacioretty really had that wow factor that Cole Caulfield looks like he can have I mean if this is what we can expect from him moving forward with Martin St. Louis as his coach look out look out I think we got robbed of him winning a Calder because I think the way he's playing right now we had that for the first 45 games of the season I think he's in the conversation he's not right now I mean, more Siders running away with it. Maybe a case for, um, uh, what's his name? Why can't I remember his name? Trevor Ziegris, Caulfield's former teammate. Maybe a case for him as well, but uh, Caulfield's not going to be in that conversation. But, um, you know, if they had Martin St-Louis from the beginning of the year, who knows? Maybe he would have been. All I can tell you is this is a different version of him than we saw in the first 45 games. And it's refreshing. And it gives you hope for the future. And that's why he is once again your silver lining in a, a bad loss, right? Six to three. Like I said, you don't like a six-three game. Nobody likes losing six-three. It sucks. I didn't. I didn't thoroughly enjoy watching that. But I will give them this: they were entertaining, and I saw a player who's taken a step forward. And those are two things that I've been asking for all season long. So once again, I can't be upset. We lost the basement bowl for a second time. <laughs> what does that really mean, right? What does that really mean? Well, uh, I'll I'll tell you. We have a better chance of getting the first overall pick than we had when this game started. Hmm? So realistically, not only am I not upset about that game, I'm actually kind of happy that they lost it. That they lost it and managed to look good. Right? I saw some problems, again, with the goaltending and the defensive zone coverage, but I saw a lot of good things as well. And all the while, you lose the game and get closer to the first overall pick in so doing by losing to a team that you're competing with right now for, that, uh, well, for the best odds, anyways, in the draft lottery to get the first overall pick. So things are looking up. Things are looking up, and um, I'm kind of happy with that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm as happy as I can be. I didn't really envision myself you know, a month and a half ago, two months ago. Didn't envision myself seeing a 6-3 loss to the Coyotes and being happy. I am, Honestly. Um, if they could just iron out some of those defensive positioning issues, they win that game. So maybe it's a good thing that they're keeping Luke Richardson for now. Uh, we can we can lose enough games to to still be in that in that top three area for the odds. Hopefully, get the first overall pick, and then who knows? Next year could be a heck of a lot better than this one. I'm gonna end it there. Uh, good things are coming, folks. Good things are coming. We're running, what, uh, over 13 minutes. So, uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.